Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peach, joined as usual with Carson Gordy. Carson, we're almost halfway into summer. We're both working men. How's your summer going? I need a blue guy really, really bad. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Um, it's fine. You know, just kind of working, been helping my dad, cleaning pools, been getting a tan. But I mean, holy crap, the suburbs is so quiet. I mean, it's really, it's really long. Like, I'm ready to get back to school, you know. Yeah, I'm it. pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty bored. ready. Yeah. I'm pretty ready to get back to, to be honest with you. I drive out to Orland Park for my internship. A couple of my friends are in Europe. The rest of my friends here are working. A couple are in Chicago. It's just not going, not a lot going on. Like, it's weird that I'm busier, you know, so much during the day here, but then at night, there's just nothing to do. Welcome to age 40. Yeah, know, for real. Life. It's awful. Yeah. It, I think I want to live in a city when I'm older. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to for the first like six or seven years. Definitely with, you know, kids, I'd probably want to get back out to the suburbs. But Chicago is definitely the goal or a bigger city, you know, and probably the 23 to 27 or 28 range. You don't want to live in Chicago, do you? Why wouldn't I? Oh, of course I live in Chicago. I live in Chicago. I live in Miami. I live in L.A. I just need a big city because I need to yeah. do stuff. You know, I just don't think 22-year-olds should be, you know, in the northwest suburbs. Not much to do. Yeah. I agree. Well, we've been a little bored, but I mean, there's definitely a lot of sports going on. We did a baseball podcast yesterday. We've had a lot of college basketball news. And then uh, Thursday night was the NBA draft. I watched that, uh, watched the first part of the first round before I went out, saw the main picks. And this was the type of year where three guys could have gone number one. Jabari Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren, and Paolo Boncaro were all considered highly for the number one pick. And early on Thursday, uh, the woges of the world were tweeting. Looks like the top three is confirmed: Jabari Smith to the Magic, number one; Chet, number two, the Thunder; and Jabari uh, and Paolo, number three, to Houston. And then about 20 minutes before the draft, it leaked that Paolo became the number one option for the Magic, and that's how it happened. Paolo went number one, Chet number two, and Jabari Smith, who in my opinion was the best player in the draft, went to number three, uh, followed by the Kings taking Keegan Murray out of Iowa four, and the Pistons taking. Jaden Ivey fifth so two big 10 guys there Carson well I mean like I said there's a draft where three guys couldn't have gone number one did you have a favorite did you have a big opinion on who should have gone number one or do you think they were just all good options you know they're all fine but like I didn't think Chet was number one material I think he is not physically intimidating I respect his skills as a passer you know I think he rebounds good enough but you know and Gonzaga, I mean, he wasn't even the top alpha, you know, to score. He wasn't really the guy. Like, I think he might struggle to always create his own shot. You know, I thought Jabari was going to go number one personally. You know, that's where the sources were saying, you know, he was kind of the hot name, had a great, you know, career at Auburn. I mean, when he played top competition, top 25 teams, he scored over 20 points a game. You know, so his game always elevated. But, I mean, it, it's hard to go against, you know, who went number one overall. I mean, he really helped Duke get to the final four, you know, shot well from the three-point line, physically intimidating at times. So, you know, it's probably the safest bet that he went number one. For Chet to be number one, absolutely not. You know, I did not respect that. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought Jabari should have been number one. Like you said, against good competition, he could score as well as anyone, 25 points per game and above against good team, super underrated defender. His size is awesome. He wanted a school that isn't very used to winning besides in 2019. And I thought that Paulo was okay too. I think his game is awesome. He's strong. He's probably going to play like the stretch four-ish role in the NBA, which is going to be good for him. He beat Chad Holgram in a huge game earlier in the year when Duke played Gonzaga. But speaking of Chad, I mean, I don't know if this is 
the most unpopular opinion anymore, but I'm not big on Chet at all. I thought that he had a terrible sweet 16 against Arkansas. He was second team AP all American with Drew Timmy. And I thought that was totally undeserved. I I don't know how he's going to score in the NBA. Like I get that the ceiling's really high, but you know, his dad's very skinny. I don't know if he's going to fill out. He can't play down low and he can't create a shot. Like, you know, some other people he's been compared to. So I'm still confused at 20, 21 years old, how he's even going to impact the game. I think he's going to be fine. He's the kind of guy like the ceiling makes sense. People are going to take a chance on him. But like I'm looking at these players, look at these teams they get drafted by the Orlando Magic, yeah, you know, the Thunder, the Rockets are a cesspool. The Sacramento Kings can't make the playoffs. The Pistons, well, it's Detroit. Well, so like the point is like there's no Golden State like that right. has an off year and is drafting these guys. I mean, the top five picks, they are really stuck with franchises that really lack hope. You could argue the top six, too. Benedict Matherin out of Arizona got drafted the Pacers, who are an absolute joke. The Pacers are a struggling franchise. Like, this is, like, for real. The NBA draft this year was the worst teams, you know, picking the players. Yep. You know, there there was really no big surprises with the lottery. And, you know, these guys are going to have to really step up their rookie years. And we've seen, like, Markel Fultz didn't really pan out. Like, a lot of these top three guys – when they're drafted by awful, awful basketball organizations, they really struggle to like take off in their careers. Yeah, they do. I mean, I think back to like Marvin Bagley going second oh. to the Kings. What a disaster that Anybody was. Anybody on the Kings who was, uh, didn't you like De'Aaron Fox? I still love De'Aaron Fox. He's my second favorite player in the league. Yeah. Like he's I good, but you know, it's, has it really impacted the team too much? No, I mean, he's a good player, but he's been surrounded by such crap until they gave him DeMontis, but a lot of people thought that the Kings were either going to trade out or take Jaden Ivey number four. And I thought the Ivy pick would have been interesting because I think Ivy's got a lot of John Moran in him. And I think Garen just, you know, would have left after his contract expired in a couple of years and gone to a new team, which as a D Fox fan, I would have been super happy about, but now they went the big 10 route and they took Keegan Murray, who I thought is an amazing player scored super well. He was a little, you know, questionable defensively, but I think that Fran McCaffrey is an awful defensive coach. So that's not totally his fault. And then Jade Navi out of Purdue going to team up in the backcourt with um, Kate Cunningham. So, you know, you talk about two big 10 guys. Yeah. I think that they're both going to get a huge chance to be the, you know, top two, three player on their team next year. No, Jay Ivy, like we saw what he did to Illinois. Yeah. I mean, he showed his range against us phenomenal at getting to the line. He didn't really make as many free throws as I expected him to. Kind of a low free throw percentage. But, I mean, the way he was able to slash the basket, the way he was able to shoot from the three-point line, I mean, he was the most dynamic player in the conference. Like, I would take sure. Jaden Ivey over Johnny Davis. And obviously, the NBA has shown that. But we saw, like, this year, Johnny Davis got so much hype in the Big Ten. Big Ten player of the year. And he was an incredibly inefficient player. I mean, against Iowa State, you know, the last game of the season, I think he went like four for 19 or something. I mean, Ivy's better, but, you know, they still took a chance. The Wizards took Johnny Davis. And I don't know if that draft pick's really going to go that well. I don't know if it is either. I don't know if Johnny Davis is going to go all the foul calls, you know, in the NBA that he did in college. He kind of had a little bit of Carl Malone in him in the – in, in college, relying on the free throw line. Back to Jaden Ivey just for a second, though. The yeah. reason Jaden Ivey performed so well against Illinois, especially the second meeting in West Lafayette, 
is because Matt Painter finally put him in the pick and roll. And not only is uh, Ivy going to be the point guard next to a shooting guard of Cade Cunningham, which I think is going to be an amazing duo. He has Sadiq Bay on the other wing. And then Jalen Duran of Memphis, after getting traded three times, a big guy also ended up uh, on the Pistons. And he's his bread and butter is the pick and roll. So if you can, you know, get this young talent to develop, you know, chemistry together, especially guys like Duran and Ivy from the same draft class and a pick and roll, you know, I, I think we make fun of Detroit, but man, they got Dwayne Casey, a coach who's underrated. And if he stays, I think Detroit could be okay in a couple of years. Are they going to fire him right before uh, NBA championship? It's a good question. <laughs> is he, is he going to win a uh, coach of the year? And then they sign some big free agent. There's nothing him. more interesting than the NBA recycling through coaches. I, I mean, Mike Brown is on his fourth job with the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, It's crazy. And you see a guy are, like Ty Lue get fired because LeBron's sick of you, and now he's going to go win a championship, in my opinion, next year. Like, you're, Frank, they're recycling Bowman. so – yeah. How does he get a job? He got fired from the Pacers, goes yep. to the Magic, can't rebuild them. And LeBron's like, yeah, like, he's good enough. I like him. And then they win a championship their first year. Well, dude, I think the NBA is really about managing personalities. You know what I mean? Like you look at the greats, Phil Jackson, he was like a Buddhist, you know, you got Pat Riley that knows how to deal with the guys. Like they used to always talk about Tom Izzo going to the pros. He would be terrible. Yeah. He wouldn't do well. He would get on them. Like a college coach that would work in the NBA is like a J right. That's what I think. You know, I mean, you always talk about it. Like the NBA is a player's league now. It is. And it totally is. And what are we seeing that now with? Now the, the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving's going to be off the team and Durant's going to demand a trade. Like the, the Nets at this point last year had James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant gave all their draft picks to Houston. And now they might be a lottery team next year because of the drama of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is awful. He's terrible. Ben Simmons is a diva. Yep. Kevin Durant, great player, super efficient, but he is just one guy. Like, I don't think he has the LeBron James factor of completely carrying a team by himself. I don't think so. Yeah, Durant wants, if Irving's not there, there's no way that Durant's going to want to stay. No, he's not. Where's Irving going to go, though? Like, does LeBron really want to play with that guy again? Apparently. He wants to be on the Lakers. It's it's insane. How hilarious would a Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook-ish trade to get Kyrie back with LeBron and Russ back with KD? I was actually talking with someone like who would take Russell Westbrook's contract? Tell me who the Charlotte Hornets, the Houston Rockets. Like, I think he's one of the most untouchable players in the league. I think the Lakers are stuck with Westbrook. Same. I think they asked during the head coaching process, like, how are you going to deal? How are you going to build Westbrook into this, you know, franchise? The best answer to that is like, we're not, we're not going to. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) You know, we'll have him on a leash. Like, I don't really know. By the yeah. way, real quick, I want to ask you something. Have sure. you seen the the new HBO TV show about the Lakers? No, I have not. Have you heard about it? Dude, it is so good. It's called Winning Time. It's yeah. about like Magic Johnson and stuff in the 80s. You should watch it. I will. Have you seen Hustle? The thing on With Adam Sandler? Netflix? Yeah. I don't really respect Adam Sandler, but is it good? I heard Anthony Edwards is awesome in it. I know Tobias Harris is in it, a few other NBA players. I just heard they got a really good cast, and it's pretty good. Anthony Edwards is secretly like a huge class clown. People I think love he's Anthony hilarious. Edwards. Yeah. Huh? 
I never I knew Anthony that. Edwards. Do you ever hear him in post game conferences? Not, not not too often. I just remember him being like you know the guy in the Georgia Bulldogs that would score twenty points but lose by forty. Dude, Anthony Edwards doesn't care at all. Like he just says what he wants. Yeah. He's hilarious. Timberwolves are on the rise. I'm telling yeah. you, yeah, they, they actually are. are. Their offense is insane. Anthony Great. Edwards is going to make an All Star game this year for sure. for sure. I like him. And the Warriors aren't going anywhere. They're the next San Antonio Spurs. Dude, they just got a guy that was a top, like, number one in the class prospect at some point. Then he got hurt. Like, the, the most high upside guy in the class, the Warriors took at 29. It's just the rich getting richer. Like, I know. Steve Kerr's great. I mean, Steph Curry's still going to make his three-point shots. They got guys on, you know, smaller contracts because they're young. The Warriors, are they're loaded. I hope they t- uh, extend Wiggs and Poole. Yeah, you got to keep Wiggins and Poole. Oh, my God, it came out of nowhere. Like, I remember at Michigan, good player, but we didn't see him scoring 20 points a game. I never expected that. No, I mean, you can argue that if he didn't hit that shot against Houston in the tournament in 2019 or whatever it was, he wouldn't have gotten drafted. And then he went to the G League for a few years. And boom. He's yeah. awesome. Uh, before we get to the Illinois side of things, we should probably talk, I mean, just for a second. The Bulls got Dalen Terry out of Arizona, who we saw play in person, Carson, because he came to Illinois along with Christian Coloco and Benedict Matherin and those guys. Six foot seven, wing guy, small forward, awesome defensively, can pass really well. Not not a great shooter. Not a great shooter, but he's one of the guys that helps, you know, control the flow of the game. I mean, yep. you saw against Illinois. I mean, Arizona was in command. You know, he's part of the team. You know, Arizona went, what, 33 and three last year, and he was one yes. of the big guys. You know, how do you think he plays with the Bulls next year? Like, how does he really fit in immediately in, into the into the franchise? Well, it's interesting because obviously the small forward position right now is locked up by DeMar, but any Bulls fan knows and saw it at the end of the year that like DeMar's getting older and he might not even be on the team in two years from now because he's older. And if you think that Zach, you know, he's about to resign on a five-year deal and that's great, but Zach isn't very good defensively. So if you think that Zach can be like your number one big guy score and score 28 a game and surround him with Lonzo Ball, who's awesome defensively, Dalen Terry, who's supposed to be off awesome defensively Patrick William who's awesome defensively then there are rumors about the Bulls trading for a guy like Gobert who's obviously a defensive player of the year candidate so if Carney Sovas's idea is to you know two or three years from now surround Levine with all these defensive guys I think Terry's a great pick no and he brings a different kind of energy I mean ESPN kind of wrote you know in the mock draft he's a guy that kind of brings like a kid-like energy like you know you're going to get he's going to play you know he's going to play his heart out Yep. And, you know, defensively, I mean, he, he's good. I mean, he's got great versatility. Think about all these NBA personalities in the game right now that talk trash and have high egos. Marcus Smart, Draymond Green, what do they have in common? They're defensive player of the years. They're be. awesome. Yeah. Patrick Beverly, same thing. Like, yeah, like next year, to answer your question a little bit more specifically, I don't think he's going to score much. I don't think he's going to play more than 15 or 20 minutes a game. Maybe, yeah, probably not more than 10 or 15 minutes a game but he's going to give energy. He's going to dunk the ball. He's going to pass. He's going to play really good defense. And I like it. All right. Last thing about the NBA draft to tie this into Illinois, our main man, Kofi Coburn, Carson, I'm personally shocked that he didn't get drafted. I say super sarcastically. Yeah. I was about to say, Josh, like, what are you drinking? I want some of it. I mean, okay. Here's the thing with Kofi. He's not going to be like a 12 year guy. No, he's going to come off the bench. He's going to eat some falls. He'll get a couple of rebounds. He'll enjoy Utah. You know, 
and that's about it. Like, I'm always going to respect him for what he did for Illinois. I mean, we would not be the program we are today without Kofi Coburn. Totally and agree. He duct taped so many problems, you know. Um, but, like, yeah, in the NBA, he doesn't really fit. He's not a great free throw shooter. I think he's going to struggle against super athletic fives. Yep. You know, he's not the most athletic guy. I, I wish the best for him. I think he'll get – I do think he will eventually make an NBA team and play a couple seasons, be a bench guy, but really no more than that. My thing with Kofi is, well, first off, and I'd like to mention just again, let's think about the guys that came back for another year of college. Oscar Tshibwe, the uh, National Player of the Year, Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, Drew Timmy, just to name four, right? Kofi cannot shoot. Now, no NBA team is going to ask him to shoot. However, at the NBA draft combine, he had a decent first day. He scored a little bit. After that, he didn't rebound well defensively. He had a low scoring percentage. He had a low free throw percentage. And the only thing he sort of did well was offensive rebound. He didn't pass well either. And, you know, he signed a contract with the Utah Jazz, but apparently it's lower than a two-way contract. Uh, And for those that don't know what that means, a two-way contract is where the team's basically saying you're going to play in the G League and the NBA, and that's not even the type of contract you sign. And those contracts are usually worth about $400,000. I, you so, know, I don't know, like, Kofi, do you think he did the calculations? Like, I'm going to ask you, do you think he would have made more money coming back for his senior year or leaving right now? I think that this year at Illinois, he would have made over a million dollars. And then the contract he got in the NBA now is no better than anything he would have gotten next year. So I think in the grand scheme of things and right now, he would have gotten more money. If he came back, I, I think for him, he must have just thought, People disrespect me. I'm really not going to improve my stock if I come another year, just another year of risking injury. He was just ready to go. And I think it was the wrong mistake for him personally, but for Illinois basketball, I really think it's going to allow the program to grow. You can't just dish it down to Kofi down low. You know, you got to play like a team. And this new team, the way it's built with the, you know, six, six guards and, you know, fast play, toughness, defense, like, this is going to be a completely different team. Yeah, I agree with you. The You know, if we're talking about this new era of Illinois basketball, we wouldn't have got the transfers that we're about to talk about had Kofi stayed, even though, you know, Kofi, like, I, I, I'm torn on whether I wanted them to stay or not. But you're right. It's going to move them into, you know, what new era change? of basketball. What would change if Kofi Coburn is on the team next year? Uh, I think, well, that's an extra guy. And, the like, Mayer doesn't come. It's an extra guy, but I think – what hurt this team like let's say we get Kofi Coburn next year or you know which team is better you know last year or this year with Kofi Coburn because we have Kofi you know we're still going to pass it down low to him he's still right. going to get double teamed and right. now instead of him being able to pass out to an Alfonso Plummer who can make a three-point shot he's passing out you know to Matthew Mayer right. who isn't as likely to make it he's going to pass it to a Luke Goody who isn't as efficient yeah I don't think that Kofi leaving means that we're going to make a sweet 16 this year. It's probably not likely. I don't think we have the offensive firepower. But I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, it allows Brad to really mold a program that's like a Houston, that's like a Texas Tech. Kofi Coburn is just another year of delaying growth. Yeah, I agree. He's an outlier. Like, there's no one in college basketball that's like him. Like, Brad, you're never going to get another Kofi. So I think in general, it's going to work out. And, you know, you're hearing about Sky Clark, 
you know, he's kind of struggling offensively right now in practices. That's what I'm hearing. You know, he's really kind of taken more of a facilitator role. So for this year, it's truly about growth. It's about getting Clark comfortable with the system. It's allowing Luke Goody to get good experience. You know, Terrence is going to be good, but he's probably one and done with us. He's gone after this year. I think that a guy like Sky, well, his knee's not 100% healthy yet. It's only 90% healthy, and he's acknowledged that. So we'll see where his offense is, you know, three months from now, even one month from now when his offense is – I'm sorry, when his knee is fully healthy, but three months from now just, like, progression-wise – but, but you're right. It's just a totally different type of game now. Illinois is going to start probably, let's say, just spitballing something like Sky Clark, RJ Melendez, Terrence Shannon, Matthew Mayer, and Coleman Hawkins or Dane Danja. That's 6'3", 6'6", 6'7", 6'9", 6'9", something like that. Like, that is a tall lineup. It's a yeah. fast-paced, athletic, defensive lineup. You can't do that with the Kofi Coburn. Kofi's a liability defensively. We're going to have no liabilities defensively this year. The one thing Dane Danja is supposed to be able to do is play defense. Coleman can play, or Coleman can play good defense against like a, like a stretch four, not so much a big man, but that's what Dane's for. Terrence Shannon, offense, off, uh, awesome defensively. Matthew Mayer, same thing. Yeah. Ty Rogers is a guy coming in that's great defensively. RJ Melendez showed flashes last year. So if there's one thing we should be able to rely on this year to keep us in games or win us games, it's defense. What's your prediction for the Syracuse Illinois score? 51 like, to 44 or something. I was like going to say like 47 to 43 in the yeah. state farm center. Yeah, I mean, yeah. both those teams are going to struggle to score offensively. Right. Like I hear Terrence looks healthy. Yep. He's a, he's a great athlete. You know, yeah, he's been good. He's going to make some threes. Ty Rogers has a great motor. He's going to play. But yeah, I, I do have a little bit of concerns. Like, do I trust Coleman Hawkins creating his own shot consistently? Like, I know he can make a three-point shot, but I don't trust him to make it. Like, I know he has right. the ability. You know, Ty Rogers, it, he's probably not the greatest scorer. Like, I'm just worried about this team. We're down one, six seconds left. Who's taking that shot? I don't think you have someone right now. I, I think it's about executing the right play, like making yeah. sure Brad, you know, Brad's X's and O's are really going to be tested this year. I think They're that's talented. Sky. I think Sky could be that guy. He has to if be he, if he develops. Uh, I think Terrence Shannon is going to love this role as the guy. Maybe he but could be not. it, but like it's not he's Dane, not. it's not Coleman, it's not Mayor, it's not he's Goody, not. it's not no. Melendez. No, you know, like I like Terrence. He had a pretty good career at Texas Tech, but he was never the guy, you know, scoring 25 points a game. He averaged like 10 or 8. He only he played, played about 19, 20 minutes a game. I know the minutes weren't there, but it just doesn't add up. I mean, he was never a prolific scorer. I mean, he kind of usually had low shooting percentages. But again, I mean, it's going to be like we look at Houston last year. I was talking to Alec about this team. Who was Houston's go-to scorer? They lost their two top scorers. It was the system that got them to the lead eight. Mm -hmm. So I guess Illinois is really in any game. I mean, defensively, if you play well, you can shut down anybody. I'm just worried about a shootout. Like, I could see Iowa outscoring us. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see in the NCAA tournament, you know, we play a, a Duke team that's more athletic. Right. You know, they're probably going to beat us. You run into, like, a Miami type of team. You might get yeah. outscored or something like that. No, you're exactly right about that. But, like we well, said. The future's super bright. I the mean, future is extremely yeah. bright. Yeah. Brand the recruits that are team. coming in are crazy. 
Chester Frazier's awesome. Tim Anderson's even better. And I don't think Tim Anderson's going anywhere, by the way. No. I, I this is it's going to be weird this coming year because we're going to see an offense from Brad that we've never seen before. We've seen glimpses of the defense. I just think they're going to be more consistent. So we, I, I, I really think it's safe to say the defense is going to be really good. But the offense is just such a question mark right now. Are we going to average more than 65 points a game offensively? I hope so. But are we like if Sky can't create offense and neither can Terrence Shannon, we're going to be in trouble. No, I, I don't know who you know, makes the shot. And, you know, everyone was so excited to get Matt Mayer. And I understand. I mean, he's got the mullet, won a national title at Baylor. Yeah. But he's really never really been like the productive, productive guy that we needed. What we needed right. was a Pete Nance. We did. I'm guy in the front court. Like people are like, oh, we got Mayer. I'll take Mayer over Pete Nance. Like North Carolina is going to win close. a freaking national championship. It's not, yeah. but it's apples and oranges, the comparison. You know, we're getting, a, you know, a six, seven wing. Or are we getting, you know, a six? How tall is Pete? You know, near Pete seven. and May are both about six nine, six ten. You know, like we we get, you know, Nance, and he's a guy that's going to score down low. I mean, he's going to yep. score you fifteen points. And you know, North Carolina. I mean, they're stacked. They're returning a bunch of starters. They added Pete Nance. They're going to be the preseason favorite for the national championship. Yeah, but like you said, comparing to Illinois to North Carolina, like you said, is apples and oranges because. North Carolina is almost going to have the opposite problem that Illinois has. North Carolina has all this scoring. Where's your defense going to come no, from? And Illinois has all this defense. Where's your offense going to come from? What I'm saying, comparing Matt Mayer's impact with Pete Nance's impact. Oh, even same thing. That's apples and oranges. That's what yeah. I was saying. Like people are all excited about getting Mayer. And I agree. I mean, great defensive player, you know, has a winning mentality. He's experienced. But what we needed was someone to replace Kofi Coburn's right. 20 points a game. That's what we Nance needed. probably would have done that. No, I agree yeah. with you. And for all these Carolina fans that are trying to say Pete Nance is going to be Brady Manic, no, he's not. But you know who would have been Brady Manic? Matthew Mayer. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I agree with you. I think the future's bright. I think Brad's going to get more Brad Underwood guys. I think that Sky Clark, his sophomore year, could be a National Player of the Year candidate, kind of like a Cassius Winston, but maybe a little bit more scoring. We'll see how the lineup looks next year, though, because like Brad said, we're not rebuilding, we're reloading. And we know for sure next year, Mayer's not going to be there. And probably Tannen Sharon isn't going to, or yeah, Terrence Shannon, excuse me, isn't going to be there. But we're focused on this year. I think we're going to be good defensively. And something that struck me as interesting was uh, Tim Anderson got asked in an interview of the non seniors, who's the most likely to be a one and done for you guys this year? And do you know who his answer was? No clue. He said Dane Danjo. Really? That struck me as very, very, very interesting. So do you – well, obviously, Tim's probably inferring his ability as a player. Right. But I could see it where more likely he doesn't like the role that he's put into at Illinois. Like, I really don't know how much offense is really going to go through the front court. Right. Like, are we going to have another situation with, you know – God, I'm blanking on his name. Who was the guy that transferred from Florida? I already forgot his name. Omar Payne. Like an Omar Payne. People were excited about Omar Payne. I know. And it just didn't work out. I mean, it just wasn't a good fit. You know, I think this year is going to be huge for managing personalities because, you know, we got the one-year rentals with Mayor, you know, and Terrence. But we got Luke Goody and, you know, RJ waiting on the wings. Like, you want to make sure they get enough playing time so they're not like, yeah, I'm transferring. I'm not And they will. You know what? I think that no matter what happens – 
Coleman and Luke will be the first guys off the bench and RJ is going to start and Coleman and Luke, you know, eight man rotation, everyone's playing 23, 24 minutes a game. And that's about what we're going to be looking at. So I think they'll be happy. I hope so. Like I said, if you really just hope that a guy like Mayor Shannon doesn't like regress a little bit, because that'd just be such a waste of time for not only your one year rental, but like the progression of other guys too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brad has proven he has fully embraced the transfer portal. Like I'm never going to worry Brad big picture. Like I know he's going to lock up the team with the needs that it needs. You know, he's going to get good guard play, great assistant coaches. It's more just about the X's and O's within the game because, you know, we've criticized sometimes, you know, some of the defense and, you know, some of the offensive sets and, you know, a big picture wise, this, this program is going to be elite in the big 10 for years. Like I I do think we're going to win the regular season this year. Me too. I agree, especially because the schedule. I'll probably take them. I think Indiana is going to end up being overrated, but it's interesting. I mean, what Illinois is not a blue blood and they're not going to be a blue blood, but I, what I think might be the moment that they get like, you know, they step like over a huge hump is if a guy like JJ Taylor, you know, and I'm not saying JJ Taylor is going to, cause he's not, but if a guy like JJ Taylor committed to Illinois top three or five guy in the state, you know, has Illinois connections, all that kind of stuff. You, if you Brad gotta, can hit on a guy like that, that'd be awesome. You got to start getting the Christie's. You got to start getting the next great guys from Simeon. I mean, right. that's how you become a blue blood because people yeah. want Chicago talent. You see what Kentucky does, North Carolina, they pick her pockets. So until, you know, Illinois can get the Derrick Roses, you know, of the next generation. Yeah. It's not going to be a blue blood, but for Brad, you know, in college basketball, We've seen you don't have to be a blue blood to have great success. Right. Kentucky has not made a final four since me and you were in eighth grade. Yep. Duke's made it once, you know, since we were in eighth grade. I mean, college basketball is changing with the transfer portal. It's really coming like the NBA. You really have to make sure that your players feel comfortable with your program. They feel respected because if they don't, they're gone. Like, yeah, I mean, it is. But a lot of times what you need is that NBA win. Like Kansas was his name, Obaji, that won it for them this year. He was awesome. Last year, Baylor had the best guard trio ever. You know, two guys that got drafted really high. Um, 2020 was canceled. And then you go back to 2019, you had DeAndre Hunter on the wing. My point is that you need that NBA wing. I took Arizona last year because I thought Benedict Matherin was going to be that guy. And I thought, you know, Kansas had pretty much the same thing. So good for them. But Illinois needs, you know, down the road, like they're not going to win a national championship this year. But when they get into the national championship conversation is when they have the NBA wing that they don't have right now. Yeah, my friend bet $25 on Illinois winning the national title. You win a thousand. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. You probably lost $25. Exactly. Like, yeah. I love Illinois. Like, I think we can probably make a sweet 16 because defensively, yeah, we're going to be in every single game. Like, I am yes. so excited to see the products on the court about that. Yeah. But I mean, winning a national championship, it's a different beast. It is a different beast. Um, we're going to talk a lot about more about basketball, probably the rest of the summer as more things develop and definitely in the fall. Got some football stuff coming up on the podcast. I think our next you know, episode is going to be all about the summer and Brett Bielema. Yeah, exactly. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, Illinois football is in the right direction, Carson. I love it. I love I'm what's going on there. All right, next week we'll be back with that. Well, thanks for coming on, Carson. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Like I said, we'll be back next week. This has been the Daily Illinois Sports Podcast.